He scopes out the present, shakes out the past, and keeps an eye out on the future. This is the Racing with Bruno podcast. Now, from Lexington, Kentucky, here's Bruno DiGiulio. Welcome to the Derby edition of the Racing with Bruno podcast. And I uh, wanted to go over some of the things that have happened on the week of the uh, let's say the penultimate week before the Kentucky Derby. We're two weeks away, and uh, we're going to start off with a little talk about what happened over the weekend um, at Churchill Downs that we got the chance to see. Uh, first of all, the track was a little bit wet on April 23rd. So in the works that you saw there, um, actually April 22nd, if the works that, that we got to see and the horses that went over that track, there was some moisture in the track. There was some uh, pockets, a little bit of water uh, on it, and it just uh, um, it seemed a little bit stickier than normal. Um, first of all, Epicenter had a really, really good gallop. Uh, the way he galloped in his 18s. And then finishing off in 17, told me that he was really going to, uh, he's going to light up the billboard, so to speak, uh, in the morning on when he trains on Sunday. Um, what was interesting is seeing uh, Todd Pletcher. All of a sudden, I, I see a shadow behind me, and it's Todd. And it's good morning. And uh, uh, he came out early. He had a, a number of horses working. Uh, he had Nest working with Inventing, a maiden. And the one thing about Todd, the way he trains, is you got to understand that the wire is not the end result of the work. That's just where they start, so to speak. So uh, he had both Inventing and Nest on the outside. They went easy early, 13-3, 25-4, coming home at about 24-3. and three. But then that's when the work got started. They went out in 103, 116, and 131 and 1 for 7 eighths. <clears throat> and, and that is the thing that you don't get to see um, on paper is how far the horses really work. That was about a three-quarter of a mile work for Ness and Inventing. You're seeing a 50 and 2. Um, I, I thought they both went well. Typical ta- Todd. They'll have probably a better work on next week on the 30th or uh, the 29th. Uh, he also worked Shahama, which is comes in from Dubai, and um, Goddess of Fire and Company. Uh, they did a little bit more. Uh, Shahama, uh, because I, I is not, uh, has not raced since she was in Dubai. So um, to me, Shahama has got a, 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 a pretty uh, it's got a, a little bit more to do in the morning than, than most of these other horses just ran 10 days ago um, or two weeks ago. So um, Shahama worked with Goddess of Fire. They went off really slow in like 26, really picked it up in 37 and 3, 101, uh, going out in 13 and 1. I was, uh, it was interesting how big of out they had, and, and it was a little bit more than what, Todd um, uh, usually does and what he did with a number of workout workers that, that, that day. 
That was Friday. And this was over a sticky track. Um, we didn't really have a whole lot on Friday to go over. Um, but on Saturday, the track was fast. And uh, I still got to see again uh, Epicenter um, Epicenter uh, Gallop. Um, I thought the track was fast and clear. And um, Cyberknife was the first to come out. And you're going to read all about it in the workout report. Um, worked in company with Cool House. And um, you'll read about it in the workout report. I think you'll uh, uh, prick your ears up uh, either one way or the other. <clears throat> also, and that was Brad Cox team early in the morning. Um, again, I mentioned Epicenter's Gallup on, on Saturday, prepping for the work on Sunday. And what I loved about his gallop is that I take I take splits of the gallops. For example, you take them at every eighth pole. So they went when he left the pony, he went twenty three and three. That's for an eighth. Twenty and four, nineteen three, eighteen four, eighteen two, eighteen two, eighteen two, seventeen and two, seventeen and four. Finishing his gallop pretty well. This tells me by the eighteenth and seventeenths that he is going to rock and roll on Sunday. So keep that in mind. Um, Un Ho Ho, uh, one eye worked uh, a very quick 59 and change and out in about 12 and change. He looked okay over it, worked well. Um, I still have a lot of questions about this horse. Uh, Tis the Bomb and Smile Happy, you'll read about them in the workout report. Uh, worked together. Classic Causeway is back in the derby picture, working in company. Here, going uh, 36-4, 101-1, and 14-1. He must have done enough to change Brian Lynch's mind after a very poor effort in in the uh, Bluegrass, uh, the Florida Derby, pardon me, with Ira Ortiz on board. Uh, to me, Classic Causeway is a horse that needs the lead. He doesn't get the lead. Uh, sayonara. Um, Brett Calhoun came out with Hidden Connection. She turned in her usual good work with a good gallop out. 35-3, 47-3, hard held, 113 and 4. She got up down in 26 and 2. Um, just going through my uh, list of horses I saw on the 23rd. Um, Venti Valentine uh, is an interesting horse that um, nostalgic worked in front of her. And, and then behind, here comes Venti Valentine. I'm going to have to go over a lot of tape, and I would, I would recommend that you do as well. Um, she looked very, very good uh, physically in the flesh, and I like to follow horses that are thriving. I don't like to bet on horses that are starting to lose weight. I don't believe in all of that. Um, so, also Zandon and Kathleen O. Worked over at Keeneland, which I thought that was uh, um, interesting. Zandon worked 48-3-101-14-27-4. And Kathleen Owen and Easy, she didn't do much at all. She's going to do something this weekend for, for Shug McGahee. Um, then Sunday came, and it's a beautiful day out there. wasn't cold um, at all. And Gunnett and Epicenter work, Echo Zulu and King Ottoman work. Um, 
Steve did a few different things that he usually does. You're going to read them in the workout report when that is published. Uh, I, I really, really liked one of the works, uh, and I thought it was just fair on the other work. So uh, I know I'm teasing you. I know I'm not telling you, but I know that once I write them all down and I put them in the system, then there's no excuse for people saying, but you said, because you get all of that all the time. But you said, there's no absolutes in this game from day to day. Horses come out of works, uh, worse for wear. Horses improve out of works. I've learned a long time ago, don't say something too soon because you might end up regretting it. Um, let's see, what else do we have on, on the 24th? Um, as I said, the oh, Crown Pride. Crown Pride put in another work, going from uh, slow from the half, but from the three eighths, went 37, 3, 49, 3, 101, 3, 116. It seems to do that every two days, um, which is interesting to me, uh, the way they train. I do have a thought on the Japanese, which I'm going to share um, with, with the Zoom, the gold members. But I think the Japanese did really well in California because of the the Pacific time and West Coast is much closer to their time zones than there is three time zones over on the East Coast. Their horses seem to be better, act better. So keep that in mind. That could actually be a big a big factor going in. Also, at Churchill, we had turf course, turf works on Sunday. First works over the new turf course and we had horses like Calvary Charge, Red Run, Cowan. Um, we had Mirror Mission going over it. We had um, Santine. Um, so there was, there was a lot of horses that went over. And I can tell you, I was very happy with what I saw. And um, I was very excited about that. Um, on Monday, yesterday, Pioneer Medina was still on the outside looking in. Came back and worked 59-4 with Macalan. Uh, decent work. Medina's a decent horse. Is he a derby horse? I don't know. But uh, he worked decently and went out in 12-4. and four. Typical Pletcher with a big gallop out. Doing a lot more than just a 59-4 and four you see. Secret Oath worked a very controlled minute, 113, six furlong work. I like to see that. She worked really fast in 59 and change a week ago. Um, and sometimes those horses end up working so fast that they end up going back or, um, regressing off that big work. Also to note, Jackie's warrior worked yesterday with a horse called in, staying it at the half and Jackie looked as good as he always does. Um, on this Tuesday morning, uh, cyber knife came out looking, uh, very well. Small Happy, you'll read about him uh, as well you, we will about Cyberknife in the workout report. You'll also read a little bit more about Zandon, Venti Valentine, Kathleen O. Um, there isn't any earth-shattering things that are happening right now. Tomorrow I'll get another good idea and we go on through the weekend. And this is next weekend is when we start separating uh, the men from the boys. I, I think the, the big works, the big races are going to start showing up on these horses and some will move forward and some will regress. 
And that's one thing we're going to do and keep looking. I've got a, um, a really special guest coming up, John Brocklebank, formerly of BC3. He's kind of a mentor in teaching me about the two-year-old sales and the yearlings and buying them. I've had horses like Sea of Pleasure, LC Joe, uh, Brian Baru, um, Shantika's Dream. Uh, I had a number of winners with John. We did really well. Ten churros, uh, which is a funny story in itself. And uh, we were going to talk to him a little bit about what he's doing out here with his trainer, Luis Mendez. And uh, so stay tuned. So now we're looking for John Brocklebank. I know, I know where he is. I know where John is. I bet you he's at Dixie Downs getting horses ready to bring him out here on the East Coast and to, and to California. John, am I right? That's exactly right. Well, this is basically our uh, the manufacturing plant. Um, you, you know, we uh, <laughs> we're sitting here. We got about you know eighty stalls here in uh, uh, southern Utah, and uh, it's a nice place. It's I've been here for years, and uh, you know everybody's uh, it's it's a, it's a mixture of obviously quarter horse and thoroughbred people, and uh, uh, you know it's just where we were where we're all raised basically, and um, we still haven't uh, flown the nest, but. Uh, I, yeah, you well, uh, you know, because you invited me out there to Keeneland this year, and uh, oh my gosh, I'm still giddy. I, I had so much fun. It was just like I stepped back in time, and uh, I can't tell you, Bruno, how much I enjoyed going to the races there. It was uh, spectacular for, I mean, just plain spectacular. And I'm still. And, uh, and a lot of people don't know you. See, a lot of people don't know you out here. Don't know they don't know what you're capable of. They, you know, Cal. I learned that when I came out here, John. You know, it doesn't matter what we did in California. People didn't know you from Jack out here, which is great because they have a tendency to under to to uh, uh, underestimate. And you came out here with a horse named Top of the Game, a Top of My Game, and boy, he won first time out by how many lanes? Seven? Well, eight, yeah, that, well, that, yeah, the, yeah, that was King King Adlock, and he won by about five or six, you know, and. Uh, um, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and uh, you know, run really well, and uh, um, and so we, uh, you, you know, and basically, uh, um, we were proud of him that day, obviously. But we, you know, we kind of was. Uh, whenever you run two, you know, you always uh, like. We also had him freaking fast in the race, and of course, uh, we weren't as happy with his performance, uh, and uh, hoping to redeem his. Uh, uh, well, you know how often that goes. There's only one winner, and uh, um, you, you know. It, I even watched, like, you know, I, I still watched that race of American Pharaoh, his first out. And, you know, Bruno, they were coming for home, and he was sitting right there, you know, make, ready. And, I mean, there was four or five of them just run by him. And then uh, then they go ahead and enter him back in the Del Mar security, you know, and he whizzed by five. It's, it's just, it's, it never ceases to amaze me, you, you know, that uh, I find it's every time I open my mouth about something like call uh, somebody and tell them something, it's, I, I swear to God, there's a, a trigger out there, you know, and, 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 you know, when people will say like in the wind circle or, or excuse me, get, you know, when they leg up for the jockey and they go, oh, I'll see in the wind circle. Honestly, I almost want to just say, let's go ahead and unsaddle, you, you know, cause we just shot our chances yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Might as well just go home. Saddle yeah, yeah, I know. Go home. yeah. So, so you have to, Mind your P's and Q's. You got to have good manners in this game. These horses will won't allow it. But uh, yeah, the horse ran spectacular, and and all, and then we got a couple others that we're really looking forward to to, to running. And you know, one of the reasons we came out here obviously was to kind of get our foot in the door as as a marketer of of you, you know 
you know, we've had a few horses of ours that landed out here. You know, Spice Perfection run well here at Keeneland. She was one of our fillies, and uh, um, you know, we were gradually. But you're right. There's two different worlds, and 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 same with us. You know, I I meet people that are fantastic trainers and uh, uh, riders, and I don't know who they are or what they're capable of. And uh, it, it's it, you think that uh, you, you know that you're uh, kind of known everywhere, but that's not the case. We all kind of have our own little area. And, um, you know, visit with whatever, you're our neighbors and, you know, we become a familiar to them, but we're not familiar out there. I, I mean, I just, you know, you know, even getting around town and stuff like that, it takes a while to kind of get your, get used to things. But, uh, but I had a wonderful two weeks. I was, I was only going to be there like five days, but I, I kept calling the airlines and delaying my ticket. I was having so much fun. I felt like when I was a kid, (laughs) it's always a good sign. And and it's not like. And it's not like you, you know, you're not familiar with Lexington. You have been coming to the Keeneland sale and the Faith of Tipton for years. Now, the lay the groundwork for people, your trainer is Luis Mendez, who does a wonderful job. You're the man behind the scene that goes and finds the horses, gets them ready, uh, just like my Rudy Del Judas. You know, he gets them ready, oh, exactly. he does all the work. And and you bring them to the track, and then Lewis puts his final touches on them, and you get a final product. You have had horses like Brother Derek. When I first met you, Brother Derek was your big horse. Um, you've had other big horses. Rivers Prayer was that people a little bit. With Brother Derek, Rivers Prayer and Indian Breeze, you know, they all came from that same uh, class, if you will. You know, and they were all horses bought strictly to resell in the in the uh, two-year-old training cells there, right there in Barrett's, you know. And uh, uh, matter of fact, br- Brother Derek was one of the more expensive horses we ever bought. I think we paid 150000 for him. And typically our horses cost anywhere from, I mean, there's a colt out there running right now named Carol Terry. He set the tra- uh, course record at Saratoga. He was one of ours. And he, he and Spice Perfection were $6,000. So uh, getting back to the, uh, you know, you know, buying the product. There, there's a lot of good stuff out there that don't fit the upper notch, uh, uh, you know, payroll for a lack of way of putting it. They, you know, they they don't vet perfect, but they're outstanding. They might have a little off offset uh, this and offset that, and a bit of a pedigree problem or whatnot. But uh, uh, there's some really good stuff out there, and, uh, and that's kind of what we focus on. Um, uh, you, you know, I you know I love going to the King of Cell, but you know, I, I don't even get up early on those first couple of days, you know, because it's it's just uh, a whole different animal they're buying. They're trying to they're trying to buy more of a horse that uh, they'll be good in the pedigree and good in the breeding barn after, you know, all them high dollar, uh, you know, uh, horses that you see early. Those are future stud prospects they're buying. And, and so we're not quite into that. We're more into just buying a good nuts and bolt racehorse. And so uh, we do most of our shopping on the tail end of the sale. Um, but uh, that's, that's quite a deal, too, if anybody hasn't ever experienced the Keeneland sale. I highly recommend, you, you know, uh, sitting out there for 10 days and watching the thing unfold. It, I guarantee the first couple of days you'll have your jaw on the ground. And John, you know, it's funny how things go full circle. Uh, you and I started talking about 2006, 2007. We had uh, – you bought a little horse that we ran for um, – uh, for the wounded warriors out of Camp Pendleton named Sweet Freedom. You bought it for four grand. Oh, I ended up winning a couple of races, you know, and yeah. uh, that was a that was a lot of fun. And 
I remember you're like, you said, I bought a little Pinto to go with the Cadillacs out here. And it sure was. He was a little guy, but it was funny. But we introduced um, uh, uh, Arnold Hill and William Branch to you through horses like Captain Steel that we bought from you that we were very unlucky with after he won his maiden by seven. And um, what was interesting was a little Hennessy colt. And what was interesting, uh, later you mentioned two horses, Dr. Shivel, Karatari. They're both the Bill Branch and Arnold Hill. So it was a, this complete um, this complete circle of where we met, and now some of the clients that we brought in are actually enjoying terrific success at the game, which is part of the game. I didn't realize that, Bruno. You know, you're right about Bill Branch, and you talk about a top-notch guy. That guy's spectacular, uh, um, and, and he's game as a bandy rooster. And and uh, uh, but but he uh, he's one of my favorite people. Um, he was, you know, he, what we do is we buy these little pin hook packages, you know, where guys will invest with us, and then we we put up, uh, you know, all the training and all the uh, uh, nuts and bolts to get it from one point to another, and then we we, we share as a, a partnership. Well, Bill was uh, Bill was also uh, one of his packages. Of, you know, I, I I always tell people, you know, you, if you're buying a, I always like to buy in a set of three. Um, that way, I, I kind of tell them that maybe one will pay for it all, one probably will stink up the place, and the other will be the profit. Uh, um, and so that's kind of the format of the of the game plan. But in Bill's packages, uh, not only did we have uh, uh, Carol Terry, he also had Spice Perfection, who ended up winning multiple grade ones. Um, and we bought her in one of Bill's packages with him. And uh, also Frosted Grace. I think Frosted Grace won a stake just a couple of weeks ago um and he was a little now now uh, let's just go back to uh spice perfection vetted perfect there, there wasn't nothing on it but but both uh frosted grace and carol terry frosted grace had a little sift in the stifle and uh carol terry had uh uh two uh, uh spurs on the lower joint you know and, and through good supplementation and 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 you know good conditioning and, and 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 going down the proper road as far as developing a horse is in my book a lot of those things will pearl down and in, in, in the case of the the spurs in the knees you know if, if a guy just even adds a little supplement vitamin vitamin uh uh you know b2 uh you know it it, it actually builds more don't bone density than calcium and phosphorus and uh, uh uh and so there's lots of things a guy can do to from buying the the yearling to the time you get ready to run them to alter the course of um, uh, uh, building the proper uh, uh, bone and and tendon fiber, a lot of that can be taken care of through supplementation. And and I can't tell you how many horses that we've bought with little spurs and and this and that, and where this this supplement uh, has actually um, um, helped. Uh, for I mean, basically in nine months you go to X-ray and they're they're half the size or they're completely gone. And uh, uh, lower, spurs in the lower joint is a no-no. People will never buy that. But I, I, I'm just, I'm here to tell you that, that uh, we've had practical experience with buying them kind of horses and through the right supplementation and through a long, you know, conditioning period where you actually kind of stimulate the the whole process to, to grow a better bone um, is, is done, you know, there's only one way to do it is expose them to racing conditions. And if you just give them a dab here and a dab there, it's amazing what the body will do uh, to get you where you want to be. I, you know, John, knowing you so long, knowing you almost 15 years now, 
what's interesting about you, we had these discussions way back in 2007, 2008, where you would talk to me about how much work you did online to find uh, holistic things that can help horses. So one thing that you asked me that I did want to bring up, you asked me a question back in 08 or 09, and you said, hey, bro, because that's how sometimes, you know, (laughs) we talk, hey, bro. Why do you think all these first round draft choices? Some, I mean, all these first first book, book one, book two, first round draft choice horses don't work out. And it's been a question that I always have set, you know, myself to to answer. And first of all, have you found that answer? And if you haven't, I may have one. Well, I got an opinion on it. You, you know. Um... A lot of our industry, I, I, I mean, let's just face it, we follow each other around like a bunch of sheep, you, you know, and, and, <laughs> and, and you, you know, we don't really have a broad, true base. I mean, if you were going to have a, uh, get a job in high school as a coach or a trainer, you'd have to have a master's degree in, in uh, sports medicine and, and, and understand how the, how the whole thing – here, all you got to do is go down to the coffee shop, talk to a few boys – and you become an expert, and I can't tell you how many people that are just – I'm kind of a practice-like-you-play guy, um, and, and, and I've never understood the logic of, uh, you know, working a horse in the morning. And, uh, uh, and you know, they used to call me up and say, hey, we worked a nice half mile, and I said, well, what, how, how'd he go? And, well, we caught him in 50, and I'm thinking, you know, he's got to go 45 in the afternoon. Um, why wouldn't you expose them to a little bit of that in the morning? But most of our industry uh, is really, really, uh, they call us hard on a horse or, or this and that, where I actually think it's just the opposite. You, you know, I, I, think it's, I think it's hard on a horse to, to only expose them to uh, real light conditions in the morning, and then you throw them in the afternoon and uh, turn the heat up, and they've never been, they've never experienced it that they're not they're not set up to to absorb that they're not set up with the proper bone and the proper tendon fiber that's only done one way and that that's through a long process over nine months uh from from september to may or whatever the date whenever they ripen but but you got to start from day one and, and what we do here with in ours the first time that we can get a little breeze in them we'll we'll do that we'll start the process and uh because i mean they're they're only if you're going to enter a, a, a bench press contest, and I'm only letting you work out with 35 pounds, I'll come to. I guarantee, come bench press day, you're going to be able to bench 35 pounds. The only way you can do 400 pounds is just to keep adding weight over nine months, and then the body adapts. They're no different than we and ours. So I guess we'll get them getting back to is I don't think the industries, and they're going to get mad at me for saying this, but I don't think we're really all that educated on actual bone. I mean, actual sports science. Um, you, you know, I, I think a lot of the stuff we – we uh, I know I have to read a lot of it has to come from the human aspect of it because they're constantly, uh, you, know, you know, studying new uh, and different ideas on what to do and, and how to build a better, uh, you know, a better athlete. And, and But we don't seem to do that. We seem to be doing the same thing we did 50 years ago. Uh, I remember I got – I won't say his name, but I got in an argument with him. He goes, I've been feeding – whatever brand for, for 20 years and i think if you're doing the same thing you did 20 years ago i, I don't know how you're going to get i don't know how you can get better enough it's working for you 
and and you're just knocking down W's after one after another, stay to it. But but if you're not knocking down W's, you got to figure out a way to get them. And that's kind of what we do. I mean, I try. Uh, and, and Lewis, by the way, Lewis has been with me since he's 13. Uh, you start out by, uh, you, you know, like, you, you know, when you first introduced him, you have, to, you have to kind of come up through the ranks. And Lewis Mendez is a, uh, he's not only a spectacular horseman, he's as good a human being as he walks the planet. And, and uh, um, you know, I'm really proud of, I'm really proud of him. And, uh, and he's really concerned. I mean, we, we call each other 30 times a day to discuss different things and the, uh, and different problems, and unfortunately, in this game, we're always we've always got to deal with something, as you very well know, Bruno. But uh, oh yeah, I actually feel sorry for people who's never been exposed to it, though. I mean, it's you know, I watch those guys that hit. They, there's a little game out there that they, they hit this little white ball and then they go chase it, and I'm thinking, oh my God, if you ever got in this racehorse game, you'd throw them clubs away. Um, and I I kind of <laughs> feel that way. I mean, you you talk about uh, and I and I that's another thing I think we. I wish we could do is expose more people to the industry because it is a whole different language. I, I mean, you know, when they, when they walk in, I don't know how friendly we are to the, to the guy that walks in from the real world into our world because it's such a different language. And, but I, I wish, I wish we would open up the doors more for that, for, for opportunity, because what happened this past week at Keeneland, it's still alive and well, and um, it's still the greatest show on earth as far as I'm concerned. Well, John, the one thing I can say about you, and like I said, I've known you now for over 15 years, is that you can do something that a lot of people do not do, and that's listen. Um, You and I have had discussions where uh, I'll give you, uh, without going into any names or anything like that, um, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and you said to me, bro, you know, I had this horse, I like him a lot, but he came up with a little hitch behind. And I said to you, have you done his high end? And you, you just sat quiet. And a lot of times I don't even would bring that up to certain trainers because they don't want to hear it. They, they know everything. They don't want some owner telling them what to do. I am very staunch about high ends. I believe that sacrums need to be done and they need to be done to where that makes the horse comfortable. Uh, we're not talking drugs. We're talking to going in there to relieve any pressure. Um, you know, we're talking about using uh, um, uh, the HA, the, 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 the aluronic acid that, that you can even, humans take for their joints, and it really helps them. And you and I were talking, and I brought up about doing the world bone, the sacrum, the stifles, the, it, just to make the horse more comfortable. And you listened to all of that. And you didn't tell me, Bruno, what do you know? You know, and that's you're, what makes you're you absolutely right about makes that, you a better. You can pick up half inches anywhere, and especially a guy like you. I mean, why wouldn't somebody listen to a guy like you in the industry? And some of these owners, some of these owners, all they do is read good stuff all day long. Why wouldn't you listen to what they have to to offer? You know, it's truly right. a game of half inches. But that, that the other day, our conversation was like a, a slap in the face, a good slap in the face, like, you know, well, you, you, you know, that makes nothing but perfect sense. And, you know, we, we, uh, we haven't done a lot of that, uh, in, in the past. We, uh, yeah, we do the Hawks, uh, because, um, you, you know, basically that we, everything we do is in circles, you know, and they do, uh, you know, we, we, from when they're walking and they're galloping or whatever, they do put a little, but you're absolutely right. Why wouldn't I have go up the anatomy a little bit and, 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 and look into the world bone and, and look into the stifle, 
you, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, a good conversation like that. And that's one thing a little bit where, where we live that we, you know, Florida, in my opinion, is, is just got a whole nest of top-notch horsemen. And, um, you know, a, a guy can just go down there and they share the, uh, you know, ideas and, and what to do. And, and that was what you and I did the other day. You just shared an idea with me that uh, that probably it might have made practical sense, but I, I, I hadn't thought about that for quite a while till we talked. And, and, and you know, I mean, I, I think you can pick up anything from anybody, but you got, you're right. A lot of these guys will get a little defensive. Like um, if you mention anything and I'm, and I'm, I'm thinking those guys are about extinct because I don't think you can stay in this business too long if you can't listen and, and come up with a different idea or a different approach. Um, it, it truly is a game of half inches. And the, the way you, if you can, you know, you couldn't see a half inch, like in a gallop or whatever, uh, if a horse is shortening up a half inch, you could not see that. But at the end of a mile race, and you add up all those little half inches, that's like four lengths that you can prove the horse through doing the world bone. Or, or, or uh, And like you just said, uh, I even had a veterinarian told me once, you know, this is years ago, but, you know, there was a lot of pressure in the front ankles. He said, you know, the white blood cells cause more damage. And we were talking cortisone at that, at that time, not HA. Uh, but he said the, the white blood cells will cause just as much damage as the cortisone. So you want to get a lot of that um, th- that toxicity from the body itself out of there. So he was saying it's actually a good thing to, you know, because they are young athletes. The 1,200 pounds, you, you know, they're, or, you know, nothing, you know, there's nothing that about this really goes back to nature. You know, they're a migrating animal of 18, you know, and they, they, uh, they roam 18 miles a day, and 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 they got a chew time of about 18 hours a day. You, you know, so you just have to do everything you can help these think You know, the horse to uh, uh, to get along with um, what we're trying to do with them. And and that the other day you offered me, I I just thought about that, and I think, oh my God, I just opened a treasure chest here. You know, of, because <laughs> I, so but but. Uh, uh, and, and, and you know, with the new with the new rules and that nowadays, HA is becoming and adequate is becoming kind of the way to go. Um, and uh, and it's a, it's a you, you know it, it seems to be a really really good product and uh, it's something that we we like uh, you know to help the horse get to where we need it to be. And you look at it now in in, in today's society, uh, hyaluronic acid is being used. And you, I've got pills in my cupboard. Uh, for for joints and uh, then you look at for example uh, women's makeup and 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 creams for their faces. It's got hyaluronic acid, which and and and, and people pull pull it up. Basically, what it does, it really helps the, the cells and 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 in the body to regenerate. Um, as I'm going to go look at the bottle that I have, and I'll be able to tell you um, exactly what. What we um, we look for, if I can ever find it, uh, of course that would be the time that I can't find it. But uh, it's it's if you pull it up on the internet, folks out there, hyaluronic acid HA is used in a lot of products to help skin, um, to help um, bone, to help joints, and and it's not a drug; it's a natural compound that is actually made by the body. Now, now, John, the one thing that, that we started talking about was why do these the first draft choices, these big, heavy-priced 
high-priced horses don't turn out. And the one thing that I found is a lot of these horses have that pedigree page that, that is like crack cocaine to some people. They are just addicted to it, and their money goes exactly where that, that, you know, that page ends up looking like. And, and I think as, as an as a, uh, industry, we have a tendency to promote uh, and, 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 and be in, uh, in awe of a horse bringing $2.3 million. But then when you're watching it walk and you're seeing some of the, 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 the deficiencies in the confirmation, it makes you think, like, where's the $2.3 million really at? I, I don't see it. Have you come across that? Because I know if you bought million-dollar horses. Um, and, you know, is, have you come across that where you look at it and go, I spent a million on that? Yeah, you know, uh, in Australia especially, they were uh, – um, that's another uh, – the whole subject, but I loved it down there too. Is a they had the same kind of atmosphere as Keeneland had the other day in their races, and uh, um, I love a country where you can, you know, you get off the plane and the guy uh, picking you up in the cab's got a uh, pro, uh, you know, a race program sitting on his uh, uh, by his side, and you know, so I love it. I love, you know, I, I love that kind of, uh, uh, you know, when you land in that, that's a real warm welcoming to me. But going back to the, uh, you know, the. Yeah, a lot of guys do, and I think I think it's easier for the guy that's uh, uh, you know that that gets into this to understand pedigree maybe a little more than actually understand. I think it takes years to pick up, uh, and then you have to have a natural talent for it to boot, but to understand confirmation and uh, and how it how it works and why it does work and why it doesn't work. A lot of it is a bit mathematical. I, I mean. You know, if you got a if you got a horse that walks at you towed in pretty pretty good, you, I mean, mathematically it should paddle, and 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 if it toes out, it's going to splay out when it runs. So you know, it's the shortest path to the you know through the distance of you you know they don't move as well. Or some horses, you know, you just look at them they they got a big old offset knee and uh, all the pressures on the outside. Of the knee. It just it just set up to go wrong, um, and I don't think they understand that. Matter of fact, I bought it. Um, a Philly couple of years ago, Matt, first the first year of uh, Uncle Mo and oh Bruno, I was in love with the with the body. I, I just could sleep at night. I, I all I could do was think of her, and and, uh, and and I didn't buy her, and I just kept thinking about her. I think where finally I went back and bought her, and she had a she had a you know, she had this body to die for. But when you look at her straight on, everything was bowed out and a little back at the knee. And I went ahead and bought her anyway. I, 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 I and I tried a little different approach instead of really kind of you know stimulating early growth. Which, by the way, there's only one way to build true bone density, and that's at a younger age. This is a scientific fact. That's why if you could almost breeze a weanling, you would be better off than if you waited till it fully matured and all the you know all the knees and you know you hear about the closed knees and all that stuff. I you know, we do a lot of our, our work with the earlier the horses, the more benefit we get. So we couldn't do that with her because of because of the structure. And we finally went a little different path, a little slower, a little longer, slower miles. And the, the filly ended up, her name was Mocap. Um, you know, she, she ended up running second in grade one and uh, really became a nice, uh, a nice horse. But going back to the uh, the confirmation, unless you understood that aspect of it, um, a lot of these guys that, that do read just the page, 
you know, you know, unfortunately, I think anyway, they really should need to. And there's a lot of guys out there with great websites. You know, you're going to think they're really good horsemen just through their website. But, but, but you know, uh, uh, there's a lot of still really good horsemen that could help somebody out with that aspect of it. Um, uh, and a, and a, like I told you just a few minutes in our conversation, I when I look at a horse, I almost hope that he doesn't have a good page uh, if I really like him. You know, I'm, I'm wanting – because I think every horse in our industry has got a – I mean, you've got a storm cat or a northern dancer somewhere in that pedigree, you, you know. There and and most of these horses, uh, uh, you, you know, I can't tell you how many, you know, sires that we bought that were just well, like Rivers Prayer for an example, Devin Lane. I mean, Rivers Prayer made almost a million dollars, but and, and she I remember her. Well, yeah, and, and she went nine and four and broke her maiden first time yep. out at the Hollywood Park. Yep, and she was unbeaten in 2007 and, and actually beat the Eclipse Awards uh, winner, I think, there in Florida in a grade one uh, for Paula Patricio. And, uh, um, you know, a really neat mare. And you talked about a beast now. And when I bought her, it, it was like a, um, I mean, it was like a mare that's going to fall. She had the biggest belly on her and she had those great big pancake feet, you know, and but, but she just, to me, looked like, well, you know the 1,200 pound gorilla in the room. You know, I I, I just I was not going to go home without her. Um, and uh, but but she ended up. But there's so many opportunities like that that don't have the pedigree page, but but they but they're just sensational. You, you know, and 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 and. But I and I think that aspect of the industry takes a lot longer to learn than say the pedigree. Uh, going back to those first day horses, you know, they're, you're right. There's a lot of them, you know, I just shake my head. I go, oh, please don't, you know, let that horse, you don't want that one. And, you know, and, and a lot of that uh, takes place, unfortunately. But um, on the flip-flop side for every one of those, there's a, you know, there's a really golden opportunity if a guy just, uh, um, you know, goes down the right path. And, John, the one thing, like, for example, I was looking at um... – at um, your, uh, your the, the King Adrock, I, I think you bought him out of Facey Tipton uh, yep. October, correct? I yeah. love those. And I went in, I had the video. I, I loved the video. I thought when I looked at that video, he was very immature. He wasn't very big, but he had a way about him. His confirmation wasn't the greatest, but he had a way about him. The way he walked, the way he acted. The one thing that that I did want to bring out. You are very good, and I want to tell you, you passed that on to me as far as that. You are very good at projecting. When you look at a horse and you can project what they were looking at two or three, how do you uh, – how, how, I can't explain the way I do it. I just look at them and I can see where they would grow. And, uh, is that what you do too when you're looking at horses? You're not looking at them in the moment. You're looking for what you're going to be as a two-year-old. You know, I think that's a little bit with, uh, you know, 40 years of looking, you, you know, um, and, and, and uh, you know, you know, buying the wrong horse and uh, not, and why didn't it work out. And, and as a, as you get a little better at it, as you go down the, you know, life, I guess you just, uh, you pick up things like that called experience. Um, and so, yeah, I, I like on that horse particularly, I mean, all I, when I first saw him, it looked like he had two nuclear warheads hooked to his uh uh where his gas and <laughs> you, you know and i'm thinking 
oh my, I mean, and he, he just had that look. And so most of them, you know, you know, I think we've gotten pretty good at uh, maybe what you said, you know, predicting the future or whatever. I, I don't know. I, over the years, I think I think in the last four years, we've had like 32 stake horses that were like under 25,000. Uh, um, and, you know, some of the horses are just like obvious, like big city lights last when I, when, when I uh, when I bought him for Bill Peoples, I I, I really thought the horse was going to cost a hundred thousand, and and I called Bill and told him I think he's going to be kind of pricey, um, you know. And <laughs> then we start the billing billing, and it's I mean bidding is he's, he's get stuck at eight thousand dollars. I'm thinking, oh my God, how wrong can you be, John? You, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. ended up buying the horse for twenty two thousand. But there's tons of those stories. But that was an educated guess there. That. There was no luck involved in buying that horse. He looked like the badass he is. I mean, as a yearling, and I always, you know, people ask you, you know, predicting NBA players. But you know, you know, with you know, you know, Carl Malone or or you know, Kobe Bryant, those guys walk in the room. They're easy to see. I mean, you know, you but maybe picking out a John Stockton or you know, a couple of these little guys like. You know they're a little tougher, you know, uh, to buy. Uh, and so, same with horses. You know, sometimes you you get a you know you get to know them what a little bit through experience. You know that maybe that this one's going to be okay in, in in nine months. So I I think I think you're right. A lot of that's just to do it just plain practical experience. And we're students of the game. You know, we're you know we're we're talking about you know I they say a, a male human has a a sexual thought like every three minutes. I I know I have a, I know I have a horse thought every three minutes. Yeah, 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 you know. <laughs> uh, I think I got you beat. I think about every ninety seconds. Yeah, uh, yeah. But as With far your as the horse thick as we are, uh, oh yeah, god, I'm going to crap. <laughs> but I, I, you speaking of speaking of Bill Peoples, you have back in the I think or maybe early two thousand late nineties, you had a phenomenal filly for Bill Peoples that uh, Lonnie Stokes trained at the beginning. Do you remember her? Oh, Cover Gal. Yep. Uh, uh, Cover Gal, yes. Yep. And that was when we first just got into, you know, we we spent 20 years migrating around the, the quarter horses, you know, and we're fortunate to have three world champions with a different gentleman named David Payne. Uh, and then Bill and I met as in the quarter horses, and that, that was our first, I think, could have been our first thoroughbred we bought uh, was, was her. And, uh, you know, she's bought the same way we buy them all. You know, she just rocked my world. I mean, she was a calm, alone-looking kind of horse. You know, there was no, a... Oh, she was a big filly. Oh, big, oh, strong, was, and fast. She was something. I remember I was, I was loading her to go to Wyoming Downs to get a recognized work on her. And she went load. And, of course, in them days, you know, you, you know, it's best to load if you're, you, you know, in my barn. And out comes the buggy whip, and I... I, I whipped her into the front of the trailer and slammed the door. I was mad and uh, go up there and we, we, we uh, schooled at Wyoming down there. She literally beat him a half a track. So I go to load her back and my old friend at the time, Reed Workman was sitting there with me and I'm, and I'm kissing. I'm going, come on, baby. Come on now, baby. You, you know, uh, no buggy whip. And, and Reed goes, Jesus, two hours ago, you were whipping her in the trailer. I go, well, I didn't know she was this fast two hours ago. You, you know, <laughs> So it's funny. No, those, those were weird. Yeah, we, yeah. I remember she was she was phenomenal. I think she oh played a big price first time out at Del Mar. Oh, yeah. and, and just 
I mean, just like, and we had actually sold a filly in the race to Dwayne Lucas. Uh, that's when we were in the big pin hooking. This is the first time we ever were uh, running one, and we sold an NXS filly for like 400000 that was in the race, was like the one to nine. I mean, this filly beats her by 11. Um, you know, of course, I always want the guy that buys our horse off. I'm, I, I, it's important to me that, that they run for the next guy. Um, you, you know, that's what it's all about is repeat business. And, and, I, and, and through the years of being able to get a couple of these guys a runner or two, you know, it's just a, it, it just makes practical sense. So, you know, I was like, I was like that Batman character Two-Face, you know, half of me was smiling, the other half was frowning. You know, because I was so happy with the with the Philly winning, but I felt bad for uh, you know the Philly that we had sold. Um, so this this wonderful game of ours always does keep us in check. That's for sure. One thing I want to bring up with this in this line of of discussion, I remember in 2007 you called me and we had gotten a partnership with Steve Burnett and a couple of other guys, and you said, and I'll never forget, I'm on the phone in my living room in Marina del Rey, California. And you said, bro, I bought a sea of secrets. We got them to run down the lane, just starting to get them going. Got a great way of going. And I don't think that even came out of your mouth. And I said, I'll take them. Um, and we bought them as a package. And um, he ended up being sea of pleasure. And I remember when you worked him one day and you said, this horse is an absolute flyer. You had him at Barrett's for the 2000 and uh, I want to say 2007 Barrett sale. You had him in the stall. He wasn't. Uh, he wasn't entered in the sale. And I remember we brought him out. I was looking at him, and Bob Baffert walked over to us, and he said, "Who's this?" And we said, "Oh, he's not in the sale." And I remember he looked at you and said, "Well, you hold him stuff out. He loved him. He's a great little body on him. Wasn't a real big horse." Well, Shane Chipman. Well, he would blow your skirt up, wouldn't he? That horse. My oh. God. I think he ran four one hundreds off the world record, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is twenty and something. Oh, that horse was absolutely phenomenal, John. Um, I thought that horse was as fast as a horse that I've ever ever seen before. And we worked him. I I think you worked him out of the gate with another horse. Uh, it might have been um, a horse that we ended up naming. Remember Boffy after my dad. And, oh, and yeah. I think she a pleasure. Big chestnut horse was, was that right? Uh, I think it's What's a big that? Horse. I think it's a big chestnut horse that remember. Yeah, Buffy. he was another Washington bred out of some Washington oh, style. Yeah. He ended up winning three of his first his first three starts. Well, see yeah. um, a pleasure worked him out again, just destroyed him, and you brought see a pleasure over. And this is another part that I learned from you that you were bringing him over to Santa Anita after training at Fairplex because you and Shane were going to work him from the gate at Santa Anita to get him used to the gate speed of the actual uh, the latch speed of the gate that they had not been experienced yet. And, and I remember it was around, um, it had to be around March 21st, 2007. And here, you know, the Sea of Secrets pops out of the gate with another horse and just destroys him. He went like 30, 33 and chain, 34 flat, I think, on the gallop out after going about 21 and four. And, and this was Shane, who weighed about 160 pounds, being dragged along. And I remember running all the way down the stretch, all the way down the clocker's corner. I'm about ready to pass out because I can't go past an eighth of a mile. And, and, I remember, and, and, and Shane looked at me with a big smile and goes, you like that? 
Three days later, he breaks <laughs> the track record at Santa Anita. You know, he breaks the track record at Santa Anita in 20-3. and three. You call me up yeah. as he passes the wire. You call me up, and I had, you know, we had the times on the board. And you said, bro, I hope one day you get a chance to let me work this horse the eighth of a mile. You know, you know, <laughs> and, I said, and, 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 oh. and I said to you, I said, John, you don't have to because he just blew the wire away in nine and four the last eighth of a mile in this race. And, and we both laughed. But Sea of Pleasure was about as fast as a horse that I had ever seen. And to gallop out, I remember TVG showing that replay like all night long. He galloped out 15 lanes, he went 32 and four for three eighths on the gallop out out of that race with that two for a long race. But, John, horses like that, I mean, and then we had, remember, Buffy, two weeks later, go 21 flat and almost break the track record himself at Santa Anita. So uh, those are the good times. Those are the times. That was your talent of being able to find the horse, be able to get him ready and get him to do things that no other horse could really do. And sometimes people always look and say, well, they're doing something. No, they're not. They're doing maybe the right things. There, there you go. There's the, there's the sheep mentality I'm talking about. You know, just because we don't do it the way they do it, and like everybody else, you know, they think you're. I mean, all we ever do in 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 our our little organization, and you're included in that, uh, as you very well know. All we ever do is want to do better, and 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 find you know find a better way to to, to make the best chocolate co- chip cookies ever. You, you know. Uh, and, and and if somebody said to add a little salt because it'll taste like this or take this away or put this away, you gotta listen and you gotta at least if it doesn't make sense you don't have to do it. But that, 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 there again, I want to go back to our industry. You, you know, uh, uh, most of us, you know, eighty five percent of us follow each other around. They, we don't have an original idea, and I get I just kind of think that we could really get better if we all just. Maybe that it, maybe that does make sense uh, to do this, or or does it make sense to do that? You, you know, uh, and so uh, and and you know, you get these little uh, you know people talking and saying, oh, they're hard on a horse or whatever. You, you know, um, it, it it just I'm used to it now, and now because of the success rate, the strike rate so high, I don't I don't even listen to it anymore. I just I just keep thinking, you know, this is the right way, you know, to prepare an athlete, to actually build an athlete. Uh, and so I'm not as sensitive to the, the, what they're saying anymore. And I don't even know if they even say much anymore. I'm just talking about the general, uh, uh, you know, but, but most of this, it would be, I think we all could have a big help of a, a lot more education of understanding the actual sports science aspect of our industry, um, we don't we don't have a big offering for that. It's all done through um, handed down ideas, and uh, and and I just think there's a big avenue of uh, uh, to help us all out to keep our horses on the track longer, safer, sounder through proper sports science. Well, John, I got to tell you, I've learned a lot from you. Um, I've learned a lot from you for over the years. Between uh, you and 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 Rudy Del Judas, two of the finest horsemen I've ever met, and um, I, I just enjoy Rudy's watching you. Rudy's better and he's prettier. I mean, he's probably a better horseman than I am. Uh, uh, <laughs> Let me tell you something. You know what he told me the other day? He was the underbidder on Brother Derek. He was. Yes, he was. I he he came up to me and asked me 
how far was you going to go? And, and I pretty well rolled my eyes back. I wasn't going to stop. Uh, you, you know, and I, <laughs> you know, the only thing I had to worry about, who was I going to sell him to? You, you, you know, when you call people, yeah. say you just had a benchmark for 150, but Rudy was the underbidder. That, that's correct. Yeah, he he laughed about it. He goes, man, he goes, that's the one guy that, you know, when I was buying horses for Becky and, and with Bruno the Bird, he goes, that was the one guy that was a thorn in my side. Every time I turned around, I liked the horse. There was John right there. He goes, I couldn't get away from the guy, you know. And Rudy was a a phenomenal horse, uh, uh, you know, just he's phenomenal at the sales. And he has instilled that in me. Similar taste. Rudy's one, Pat Hoffel, Karen Dunn, you know, uh, Bull Hunt. Of course, anything with a McCaffin on there. Uh, you know, we all kind of float around with the same. We, I think, we like eating at the same place. Uh, you, you know, uh, but 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 there is a lot of, and like I said, Florida is loaded with uh, with those kind of talents. Um, but uh, Rudy is uh, definitely uh, more. Um, how would you describe him? He's kind of, uh, oh, you know, he looks good. He's always like gotten out of a shower. Is, his his shirt's pressed. He's got a really nice. You know, like, he's like uh, sniff the, the best yeah, shirt, shirt and put it on. Uh, you, you, you know, uh, but but he's a he's a really good guy. And and and, and getting back to like even like like Louis Mendez and some of the up and coming guys. Um, you know, we're we're all uh, we all have this passion for the for the for the horse. And uh, I mean, if, if thank God I I was you know I found out about this. I don't know, 40 years ago, whenever, um, you, you know, I, I was, somebody invited me to the races and God, I, I, I wouldn't trade places for anybody. It's, it's the, it, it's a really a spectacular, that's all I can say about the industry, you know, and I, I wish that we could just uh, uh, invite more people in to, to take, take advantage of what we feel. Well, I got an idea, John, and I brought this up to you yesterday. I said, John, can you wear a top hat? And you said, I've been loving to. I said, how about if we come up with a nice two-year-old in the next couple of years, and we take a bunch of our partners and our friends who jump in with us, and we'll go to Ascot. Can you see us two? I don't want to say, you know, I don't want to say as fellers, you know, but can you see both of us at Ascot with top hats on? I, I think they'd make a comedy about it. You know, bro, if you think about it, you know, you and I with one of those. First of all, I got a bucket of a head. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think there's I don't know if there's a much material to make a big top hat for me. You, you know, but oh, that would be fun. And you know what? There again, that would be you, called a sombrero. You were saying that to me the other day. I don't even remember what we were talking about. I'm thinking, well, I want to do that. You know, and I I think I have a little horse in the barn right now that would kind of fit that uh, ingredients. As a matter of fact, we're going to run him uh, Thursday. That that the big one. Uh, you, you know, he's he's out of a diet farmer uh, stallion, and that horse, Mr. Big, you know, he, he's well known in California, and he's he's, you know, he's one of them horses that uh, has done it kind of a hard way, but you know, he's got a fantastic strike rate, and that's who uh, Big City Lights is out of. By, by the way, is Mr. Big, and I I think we've only bought like three or four of those those, you know, those uh, Mr. Big Colts, and one was Big Returns, Big City Lights, and now the Big One. You know, it's going to run on Thursday. Um, you, you know, and this is at uh, Keeneland, yes. yes. This is at Keeneland, yeah. And that would be a horse that would uh, do the Ascot thing. You, you know, I, I think I, I don't know the first thing about Ascot. I don't even know where you, you know the address of the place. Well, if Wesley but, can do it, why can't we? <laughs> God, I you know <laughs> I, that 
that Wesley, you know, by God, you know, he he's he's by what everybody sets, you know, the crosshairs on. I got to outrun Wesley. I got to outrun Wesley. You know, um, uh, there's another good guy in the industry. You know, yeah, he uh, is. He's, he he's is fun. A, a, a fun. He got a smile and on, on him. You know, just you, you feel better after you see him. You know, so lots of good people in this in this game, brother. And you're, uh, it'd you're be great to see John Brocklebank, Luis Mendez, even maybe racing with Bruno and Wesley Ward at Ascot. The world, <laughs> it'd be like cats and dogs <laughs> living together, mass hysteria. I, I think Walt Disney would want to make economy, uh, 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 you know, one of those cartoons uh, with those characters <laughs> you just named. <laughs> that would be fun. That would be yeah. fun. John, tell me one the best horse you ever trained. The fastest horse. Well, of course, that's you know that little Sea Seeker called might be the fastest horse, or oh, there was a horse called Let Him Shine. Uh, he was a bad boy. Um, you know, I, I I thought about that the other day. Who the Toltac? Because I had a world champion quarter horse named Toltac. Um, you know, when I was a young kid, I couldn't get him sold. You know, I mean, he was so little you could breastfeed him, and, and uh, he he was probably the you know, the fastest horse, but, oh, I'd sure like to know the answer to that, Bruno, because you'd have to put, you know, going, let's just say what I did for years, 440 yards, you'd have to throw the, the Sea of Secret Colt we were talking about earlier, Sea of Pleasure, yeah, then you got pleasure. Prayer and, and Let Him Shine, and even, you know, Big City Lights, uh, uh, it'd, be fun to, it'd be fun to answer that. I, I would have to say uh, probably that Sea of Pleasure Colt for just pure wicked stuff, probably him. Get more from Bruno by going to racingwithbruno.com.